This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. This is Mac filling in for Mom. So as always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual stuff. If you are an OG listener, welcome back to the Coven of Rejects. If you are brand new here, hello, welcome. You're going to love this. I have a returning guest for you guys today. But before we get into the interview, I actually want to talk with you guys about some shops that I love and um, about some announcements that we have in the Coven of Rejects community. So first of all, we are sponsored by Lost Trail Coffee. It is not a big coffee company. It is a small privately owned coffee company owned by my friend Ryan, who has actually been on the podcast before, but is going to be on next week's episode. I incorporate her coffee into my spell work and I love the flavors. So that is why they um, really sponsor the podcast is because I love the coffee. So there's five different flavors of this coffee. My favorite one is the Red Mountain Sumatra. If you do coffee scrying, this is the flavor that I would recommend for you. It is full body. It's earthy to help ground you while you're opening up your third eye and other senses. And I just love that flavor. There is Hell's Revenge. I recommend if you are doing creativity spells because it has hints of hazelnut, which represent inspiration, granting wishes, wisdom, luck. Old School Joe is really great for cleansing tarot decks. You're just going to stick the beans inside of um, a sachet or whatever it is that you keep your tarot cards in to just cleanse them. Affirmation and energy attraction work, I really recommend the Rubicon Espresso. It has hints of milk chocolate, which represent the heart chakra. It's for balance, raising your emotional vibration, friendship, nourishment, and self-care. And then 40s French Roast for keeping away nightmares and negative energy. You can burn the beans like an incense, um, or you can... Um, incorporate them into different kinds of um, protection spell work for yourself. It's a full body roast. So the smell of it is really potent. So it's great for banishing spell work. It makes it more intense. And those are my recommendations um, for different ways to use the coffee. You guys can get 10% off anytime by going to losttrailcoffee.com and typing in code COR dash pod and that is linked in the description wherever you are listening to this episode from and then the other shop i want to shout out we never forget around here the other side spirit shop owned by kim dunn every single week that i have a podcast guest they get sent out a custom gift box um, full of items that could be used for their spiritual practice, whatever their spiritual practice is, and wherever they are on that journey. Kim Dunn is the one who owns the Other Side Spirit Shop, and she custom picks things from her shop every week 
after listening to the episode and sends them out to the guests. Everything is so personalized. Everybody has loved these. Um, I've gotten gifts from Kim. I send people gifts from Kim outside of the podcast. I love all of the energy in her shop. If you guys could please go and support her. She puts so much energy back into the community. Also, if you would like to get to know Kim, she is a paranormal investigator, her and her husband, Ryan. And they were on the podcast with the episode titled Paranormal Witchery. You guys should go and listen and hear about how she incorporates um, her own craft into their paranormal investigations because it's fucking dope and such an amazing interview. So starting off with our personal announcements, there is new merch on the website. I just dropped a brand new hoodie. If you are a fan of the planchette, shirt that we had. It was the Ouija. It had the cannabis leaf. It looks like um, the planchette from a Ouija board. You are going to really love this hoodie. So it's got the planchette on the back, the Ouija one. And then on the front of the hoodie is a big pot leaf that says Coven of Rejects. It comes in all kinds of sizes, a bunch of different colors. Please go on. Of course, all of the merch sales go towards being able to expand the podcast, being able to make it a traveling podcast so that we can um, show video of ceremonies and things like that. And I want you to keep that in mind when you are listening to today's episode of the reason why I would love to travel to ceremonies and show behind the scenes things of ceremonies, not the intimate details of what happens inside of a ceremony necessarily, but all of the things to do with the ceremony outside of people's individual deep spiritual um, moments. That has always been a goal with the podcast and every merch sale goes towards being able to expand the podcast and do that. Wherever you guys are listening from right now, you can go to patreon.com slash coven of rejects. It's linked in the description wherever you're listening and you can watch this video interview along with previous interviews, upcoming interviews, and then when this podcast does become visual with being able to travel, you're going to have exclusive access to all of that additional um, content. Plus, I have so much additional existing content on Patreon. So please go check it out. The video interviews are available to every single tier um, from the beginner witch, which starts at $5 up to the top tiers um, shadow queen for mentorship. I am so excited to announce that we are enrolling for another round of personalizing your craft class. This is something I'm really passionate about. I think that so much confusion inside of the community is because there's, one, there's judgments put on the way that people practice, but two, I don't think there's enough education on the fundamental basics of things and how many options there are for the way that you do your practice. And you guys know that I'm very big on not limiting people inside of their spirituality. I mean, hence this podcast. So what I do in this class with Ryan is we teach basic fundamentals and things, and then we teach people how to apply that for their own spiritual practice and craft. I would like to say that while this is a basis of witchcraft fundamentals, this is really for any spirituality. I have people in this class who 
have never practiced witchcraft before and are really interested. I have people who have practiced witchcraft for 25 years and they're like, I've just never heard of anything being done like this and simplified. And I have people who are Christian and work with God and Jesus. So there's people at all different um, levels and areas of their spirituality. So some of the things that we're going to be discussing in this class is recognizing, labeling, and researching because believe it or not, there is a, um, there's a limitation that people put on themselves as far as what they research and what they're comfortable researching and not understanding where to even start researching things. So we focus on that. We talk about spell work, protection magic, dream interpretation, constructing circles, how to do it, what they are, when and where you would do it, why you do a circle, um, all kinds of information on that. And then we also have an introduction into astrology where we have an astrologist that actually comes into the class and gives information and asks questions. If you are interested in taking the class, you can, or you even just have questions, I'm happy to answer absolutely anything you can message me on Instagram at Gemini underscore goddess 420, or you can send me an email to corejectspodcast at gmail.com. And that's all linked in the description wherever you're listening to the podcast. If all else fails and you forget my information, you can always message me on my website at covenofrejects.com. Covenofrejects.com is also where you can find merch and where you can book private readings with me. I do private tarot and oracle card readings. I do mediumship readings. Also, if you aren't really certain that you want to do a class or that you want to do mentorship, but you're like, hey, I'd like to talk about where I am on my spiritual journey right now, have a couple cards pulled, get a little bit of like one-time direction, I have a spiritual and advice um, guidance on my website. You can schedule time with me and I can individually help you with those things as well. So... I'm really excited to connect with those of you that are new listening to the podcast. I know that tons of people have been finding this podcast from TikTok lately. I'm really grateful that you guys are coming into my rotation. Um, if you're somebody who's been asking me questions in the comment sections about um, things that come on with the Witches Get It series and you're like, oh my gosh, can I really do that inside of my practice? Oh my gosh, what do you mean that um, we can light a green candle for abundance? What are you talking about? This is a really cool class for you. It's a, I think it's a dope class for anybody if you vibe with me, um, but that's just me. So reach out to me. I'll give you all the details. We'll get you locked in for the class. With no further ado, I am so excited for you guys to hear today's guest. It's Etheric Medicina. He was the first guest on the podcast. Um, if you guys haven't heard his first episode, you should go and do that. Um, I believe the episode is Just Turn On The Light. Hope you guys love him. Please make sure that you give him a follow. We have an announcement that is in this episode. So listen up. Welcome back to the podcast, Etheric. Hello. Thank you so much for having me back. You are welcome. Um, you were my very first guest that I ever had on the podcast, which is fucking wild. I remember 
I didn't even have to go back and re-listen to that episode because I remember every single detail about our conversations. That is so awesome. And yeah, when you told me that, I was like, I felt like you told me I was going to be the first person, but I didn't remember that actually being the, the reality of it. And so when you reminded me of that, I was like, that is so special. That is so freaking cool. And that was, God, two years ago, three years ago? It was, it was, yeah, it was almost two years ago. Wow. So last time that we had talked, so to just remind everybody about your episode. So you are a shaman. You told us um, about your upbringing and the influence that your grandmother had had on your upbringing. Um, We talked about your, um, an ayahuasca trip that you had, which is why the episode title was just turn the light on, which by the way, I have to tell you, I've had, I've had nightmares after our conversation, like I, I, I consider them nightmares, but honestly, like it was like myself living inside of the experience that you had talked about. And I really felt like that had happened because I had such a fear of our conversation. And I said very limiting things like I would never do ayahuasca. I would never be able to survive something like that. And so the dream realm was like, buckling, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I love that that's something that you are touching on right now because I I just showered like I don't know 20 half 20 minutes ago and a lot of times when I'm in the shower I get like downloads about stuff and in the shower I was like picturing us talking right now and I was it, it, in this like vision thing I was having I was explaining to you how um ayahuasca is the most active in the same part of our brain that is active when we're sleeping and specifically when we're dreaming so it's super interesting that you are touching on that wow I love the synchronicity and th- like this yeah. is why I was like so excited to have you back and I feel like now's a good time before we even get like get into more to tell people about like our little secret project that we're talking about. Yes, um, so etheric is actually, we were thinking about how we were going to do this because um, really, I think that both of us want to like be combining our energy and talking more together. And we have a lot to share together and different viewpoints on things. And I've always said that it's really important for this podcast that I have different voices, but I also want to have a theoretical whole bunch. So we're actually going to be having um, bonus episodes in here that are like, we're just going to have our own little bonus segments where you'll get all of your additional episodes, but etheric and I will have bonus and some of them will be available um, on the podcast for everybody. And some of them will be available to all tiers on Patreon. I'm so stoked about doing this. Like, I'm I'm so excited about it. Um, yeah, just really having the opportunity to share information, right? And the things that I've learned and the things that I so enjoy teaching that really bring value into people's lives and getting to do that with someone like you, like-minded person who also like doesn't try to take this lifestyle or this work overly seriously and brings like fun and humor and like real life shit into it. I'm, I'm just really excited about it. Thank you. I like that you understand that about me too. Like I, there are some people that get it and like they understand why I make a joke out of things. And then there are other people that are like, you should be like more serious about it. And it's like spirituality, man. And I'm like, go fuck <laughs> yourself. I'm spiritual. And also like, 
I think it's hilarious that you guys put rules on things because right. like, what a way to limit your energy. Right, right. No, completely. And and for me too, it's like, God, if we're not laughing about this shit, then it, it, could, it could also be like ruining us at the same time. Like, I feel like the realm of spirituality and healing and self-awareness and all of that stuff, like, it comes with enough seriousness already, right? Like we're talking about real life. We're talking about shit that's going on in our lives, traumas that we need to heal from, stuff like that. And like, why add this mucky layer of seriousness and rigidity and and dense energy on top of that? Like, no, let's lighten the load a little bit is how I see it. I think that like, for me, laughter is really healing and hearing people yeah. laugh and I was just put into a group chat recently. And as soon as I stepped into that chat, the voice notes that were coming through were the girls laughing together and like, nice. like laughing on the voice notes, to the point of like having to stop and send multiple because they couldn't stop laughing to get their point across. And I was like, <laughs> I want to live inside of that energy. Yes, definitely. Yes. Completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what kinds of things are you last time that we had talked, we were really talking about um, the retreats that you were doing. And I yeah. think that it was something that you were actively doing, but you were really starting your um, doing it routinely and like diving into it. So how has this expanded? It's It's been a really interesting process, especially with all of my like travel and stuff like that. Um, but it, it, I actually am holding off on starting my immersions this early in the year this year because of the transition that I'm currently in, but it's been going amazing. Um, we've been holding immersions in mostly in Las Vegas and Utah. I am gonna, going to start holding my own immersions in Los Angeles pretty soon, which I'm really stoked about. Um, and what's really cool is, I think it was like the end of last year, there were two immersions that we did. So typically, most of the ones that I do are outdoors camping for several days um, on private land and doing plant medicine ceremonies and a lot of like a vulnerable connective work with people out in that setting. Um, but the, the last two immersions that we've had, we actually had to switch up how we normally do it because of like um, unexpected weather. And so these experiences that we're normally holding 100% outdoors, you know, in, in this beautiful mountainous region of um, both uh, Utah and then also in Nevada, we had to switch up what we were doing because the weather was crap. These crazy storms came in and it gave us this opportunity to shift and to understand that the value of what it is that we're offering, you know, the work, the plant sacraments, the connection, the experience as a whole, it's not exclusive to, you know, this thing that I set up, right? Like I had this amazing idea for years, finally put it into action to a couple of years ago. And I thought like, this is the pinnacle, right? Like this is the best that it can get. This structure, this format, everything was perfect. And so what we were challenged with the second half of last year was, was really surrendering to how the experience wanted to be held or how the plants wanted the experience to be held versus how we thought it was best to hold it. And so the last two immersions that we did, we actually needed to do indoors. Um, 
the first one, actually, we were still up on the land camping and this crazy storm came in and we ended up holding the entire ceremony in one person's tent. This one person accidentally brought like a 15 person tent, I think it was a 12 person tent. And the storm is coming in from all sides. And I was like, no, this is not happening right now. And I checked in with the medicine and it just showed me us taking all of the instruments, the altars, the mats, everything in this person's accidentally big tent and doing the entire ceremony there. And so we did, and it was like profound. It was amazing. It opened all of these doors for me as far as how I think I need to be doing my work and even like trying to meet other people's expectations, right? Like people signed up for this to go camping. People signed up for this to be in nature. And instead we're in a tent or instead we have to stay in the Airbnb that we normally only use to sleep in. And, you know, the immersion that we did towards the, I think it was in October of last year in Las Vegas, it was the same situation. You know, we always get an Airbnb in Vegas when we do it, but it's pretty much just to sleep in. And this time we had to do the whole ceremony indoors. And I struggled with it at first because a lot of the people voiced, you know, like, cause I let everyone know, you know, this is what we're looking at. I went up to the mountain. We can't do ceremony up there. It's not going to be conducive. And so we're making an executive decision to do this indoors and to switch our format. But I want to, you know, like give you an opportunity to speak on how that makes you feel. And half the group was really not pleased with that idea and was really um, resistant to, you know, not getting what they paid for. And I was like, I, get that I understand that like I'm an outdoors guy I'm the one who created these experiences and yeah like I want them to be outdoors but we I asked everyone to like buy in and to surrender and to trust um that that they were going to get exactly what they came for and more and so we did the whole ceremony indoors I ended up during the ceremony switching my entire format for the ceremony and it was one of the most profound ceremonies I've ever facilitated in my life. And so what that taught me is that there's, I, I had really been limiting myself in the ways in which I had been facilitating my work, stuck to this idea that it, because, because the idea came to me one way that it had to stay that way. And now I, my eyes are just really open and I'm being more versatile in the way that I'm serving and facilitating and understanding that there's not a specific structure for me to be doing it 100% of the time. You know, a lot of the people in that group needed an indoor vulnerable experience where they had to be close to other people and they had to share their feelings in front of other people, right? Whereas normally we're out in nature and there's 24 acres of land and, and yeah, so it's just, it's expanded a lot and it's giving me an opportunity to really uh, tap into my creativity and to deepen my connection with the plant so that I'm bringing people exactly what they need and not what I think they need. I love literally everything that you just said. And every, <laughs> because like, and every single thing that you just said have been, um, pieces of like your growing period where your mental has had to shift right and you've had to really you said the word surrender a lot you said the word vulnerable a lot um and you also were talking about release and all of that is things that like I personally have also just gone through and like my spiritual business and growing things and so while you were talking I was like writing things down Yay. um 
because I, I love when there really is a collective energy to things. Right. And like, it's not that somebody is more important. And so they're getting these downloads and these journeys, it's a collective energy. And if you are on the right frequency and you're paying attention, you get those lessons and those blessings and those understandings and those growths. And if you're not tuned in and you're not paying attention to that, and you're not on that frequency, then you miss those things. And so that's why you know, there are people, you, you do things in your own very unique way. And every healer does things in their own way to try and help people reach this vibration. So things that I wrote down, um, that, uh, something that I say is there's no coincidences in magic. And so the 15 person tent is not an accident. That person is so wild. (laughs) That person brought a 15 person tent for a reason. And I just imagine you in your big ass fur coat with like a ukulele, like running in the rain. (laughs) Even better. So on this property, we actually, it's probably like, I don't know, a quarter of a mile trek down from the parking area to the campsite and ceremony location. I was actually running down that with a wheelbarrow carrying all of this stuff we had wagons packed up with all of this stuff Wilbur like like it was and it was great too because when that person arrived I I noticed it had been taking him a while to set up his tent so I went to go check on him and he had this huge thing tangled up and spread I was like why'd you bring such a big tent dude he's like I grabbed the wrong box and so I even helped him set up his tent which was so like the whole thing was so perfect but yeah, running around in the rain, the coat, the instruments, you definitely know the scene for sure. <laughs> you were talking about using your energy in a way that people are needing in the moment and that everybody's going to get the things that they're needing. And I had two different things that came to mind for that. So one of them was last night, uh, Rampage and I, well, she hosted a full moon release ceremony mm. and I came in, I did some spell work for it and we did like a burning and a releasing, nice. but there's a point that she was using a sound bowl and a bunch of people couldn't hear the sound bowl at all. And the other people did hear the sound bowl. And so today I was getting messages from people like, Hey, I couldn't hear the sound bowl last night. You know, it was really quiet, whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, that's because what you needed wasn't the sound bowl. What you needed was silence and you needed to be with your own self in silence. And you needed to envision that purple ball of light that she kept telling you to, and you needed to go for the feelings that she was describing. You didn't need to have the, you noticed it because you wanted a barrier. You wanted something else to focus on, but your thoughts and it. People don't like hearing that. (laughs) People don't like hearing that, but like, that's the thing is, that's why you pick the kind of person that you want to do mentorship with you or to help you with anything or, or to lead a ceremony for you, because there is somebody out there who's going to be like, oh, shucks, you didn't hear it next time. I'm going to fix the audio. And there are people like me who are like, it happens for a reason. There's no mistakes. And now you're, you're not, did you take what you were supposed to out of the silence? Right, right. That's something that we actually talk about a lot in plant sacrament ceremonies is we remind people um, everything that happens in ceremony is a part of your ceremony. 
everything that you feel, everything that you hear or don't hear, everything that you experience and everything that you take notice of, everything that comes into your awareness is a part of your ceremony. And that means that, like you just said, someone not getting the audio, that's a part of their ceremony. That's a part of their ritual. That's a part of their experience. And behind the resistance to that, because the resistance to that is, I should have heard this. No, the lesson for you is about you didn't hear it and why didn't you hear it? And it's not about your phone. It's not about technology. What did that bring up in you? That probably brought up impatience. It probably brought up frustration. It probably brought up feelings of unfairness. It probably, you know, all feelings of lack and like you missed out on something, right? And so that's your ceremony. That's your ritual is all of the stuff that that catalyzed for you as a part of your internal process. And that's something that I really, really appreciate about plant sacrament ceremonial work. And I'm really grateful for my awareness about it is because people always come to me after ceremonies, you know, with these experiences that they had that they don't think are a part of their ceremony, right? Like this person was standing too close to me, or I felt like this person did this or whatever the case is. And I'm like, yeah, let's talk about what's really going on there actually, because it has nothing to do with that. And let's process why that was a perfect piece of your ceremony and how that's worked for you to integrate. It's such an important thing. And I love that you have that awareness to be able to say like, no, actually you needed silence. Why did you need silence? (laughs) (laughs) Why did you need it to be? And I think that that also goes in with like releasing the need to like have control of things. And also, yes, what emotionally were you going through, but also we're on a Zoom video and you're not hearing anything. So were you sitting there with your eyes closed and having the peace or were you looking at your your video to see if anybody else was feeling what you were feeling? And is that because you needed the approval of the people around you to uh, give you permission to be confused or to be like, oh, everybody's fucked up right now. None of us are at peace, but well, I, I, I just, yeah, you know, <laughs> I love it. Um, something that I've been doing inside of my, um, my mentorship is when I started it, I had done readings for the collective. I I'd been doing various types of readings, but I didn't necessarily know what everybody was going to need when their energy came together with me. And so I started off this mentorship with, okay, well then everybody will get a full reading with me every two weeks. And that way, like, you know, we'll check in with the shadow work that they're doing and how the reading applies and whatever. And as I was going along with that and more people joined, I was like, damn, I've really like limited my energy and my time by saying that this is the structure that we are going to have. And by putting it on a timeline of every two weeks, that means that one, they're codependent, that they're gonna get a reading from me every two weeks and they time it out. And so they're gonna get praise or told which direction to go. And also because I'm using my time to give all of these people, all of these readings, then other ways that I wanna use my energy for them, I can't. And so- I changed it. You will get a reading during the month. I let spirit decide when you're going to get your reading. I'll sit down Beautiful. and feel like it's, it's time for you. I have had time to do, I do collective meditations for them randomly. We do, I do spell work for them now. Like I, I do um, like a motivational, like posts and stuff like that, because 
now I have the energy and I don't feel like, oh, fuck, I have to go and do a reading today because I have to get it to them by the two weeks. Otherwise, they're paying me money for nothing. No, I love that you do that. That's something that I sometimes I still have to learn this lesson, but um, because I used to do like my moon medicine subscriptions, right? And it was every full moon and new moon will got a recorded 20, 25 minute reading from me and a whole like typed out article about the moon phase. And at first it was great, right? Like having that idea of structure for us, I think um, it gives us somewhere to start, but it can very often become a prison for us. And it can very often become the thing that depletes us because something that I think is hard for people with this kind of work or, or lifestyle is that it doesn't operate on like a clock. It doesn't operate on a calendar. And so much of this, you know, spiritual work is like, it's the very go with the flow thing, right? And like, when the energy is there, it happens. When the door is open, the door is open. When it's meant to be doing the thing, it's meant to be doing the thing. And so when we try to lock ourselves into a structure, it can oftentimes work against the exact thing that we want to be doing and how we want to deliver. For example, like, you can guarantee someone a reading on the second Friday of every month, but what if they like go through a really traumatizing experience on the second Saturday of the month and then they don't get any sort of anything for another two weeks, right? And of course we can say everything happens for a reason and blah, 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 but it's like when we really surrender to that flow and we surrender to spirit, to the universe, source, whatever we want to call it, Everything happens exactly when it needs to be happening and, and only then. And I've even done this with my Tarot Tuesday readings where I might miss someone, right? And this actually happened a couple of weeks ago. I might miss someone and just completely not see their payment come through or not see their comment. And then two days later, they send me a message like, oh, hey, about that. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. Do the reading that day. And the reading is about something crazy that happened that day. And that wouldn't have been the case two days before. So it's like surrender. <laughs> Rampage is the one who taught me about releasing timeline expectations and about time being a human construct and introduced that into my reality. It changes literally everything. All of the things. And not only does it like release you, but it also, for me, it made it, easier for me to not be so hard on myself yes. and live up to this like unrealistic expectation and fighting what my intuition is because when you feel like you're putting something off there's a fucking reason why you're putting it off but yes. if you're, and you're inside of your brain being mean to yourself and being like you're lazy you're not you know yep, yep. <laughs> welcome to my life <laughs> um i wanted to tell you i'm not smoking a joint i got um this beautiful person gifted me this um it's plant medicine so I'm telling you about it yes so she asked me she does mentorship with me and she made me these beautiful like herb pre-rolls yes she gave me the the loose leaf version for teas nice and it's all like it's for like, like one is for like my ADHD and like to focus. And the other one is Jen and Hikes. And so I'm smoking the communication one. 
I love that so much. That's actually something I've been wanting to to do, but all of my herbs are in storage in Utah right now. But I I love making my own like herbal smokes and teas and and all of that. And it's so much fun. I had never even heard of having herbal smokes. And she sent me a video because I was like, what do I even do? Like, do I smoke it? Do I do I snort it? Like, so <laughs> she sent me a video and was like, you literally light it up. And I'm like, this is just, it's, I was on such a head high yesterday and so open with like communication and whatnot. It was, it was almost really confusing. Oh, interesting. I like it. Ha um, my, my favorite um, scent, herb, flower, whatever is blue lotus. It has always been, and it's not something I've ever shared. And so when she was doing my stuff, she goes, I feel the extreme need to put blue lotus in your items. And so I'm going to put them in there. And I was like, you're blowing my mind. Like <laughs> <laughs> I love that you are even familiar with blue lotus. That's something that I've been um, holding a lot of ceremonies for or with because most people don't even know what blue lotus is and I'm like guys <laughs> like, blue lotus is where it's at I have this um so I first I learned about blue lotus years ago because in um the town that I grew up in they opened their first like natural witchy shop mm -hmm. uh, I use the quote marks for those that can't see because it's just <laughs> um but they had these roll-on scents and she's like, oh, these are roll-on oils, whatever. And it was the most beautiful scent that I've ever smelled in my entire life. I have a blue lotus and a white lotus. Oh, I yes. have had them for years. They still have oil in them. I use them on my, um, my wrists and behind my ears before yep. I'm going to do readings and stuff. And it totally opens up my connection with spirit. Yeah. Yeah, Blue Lotus is a really, really, really awesome flower and plant ally that I wish more people knew about, especially because, well, I mean, there's so many reasons, but um, something that I think is really cool about Blue Lotus is that Blue Lotus is legal, even though it is considered a psychedelic hallucinogen and, and psychoactive plant. And what's so cool about it is that we can utilize blue lotus for a lot of the same reasons as cannabis, but it doesn't come with that. Uh, cannabis kind of like takes us over with her medicine, right? Like she swoops in and she brings this smoke in and, and she she takes over our, our body, our head, whatever, in, in good ways, in inconvenient ways, in funny ways, in all of the ways, right? And so we, we're, we're kind of like immersed in that cannabis experience. Um, but Blue Lotus is very covert in the way that it comes in and applies its medicine. And I tell people, you can easily miss the psychoactive effect that Blue Lotus is having on you if you're not really, really tapped into your own psyche and your mood and your emotions and your energy, it really does require a higher level of self-awareness to recognize the effect that Blue Lotus is having on you than a lot of the more overt plant medicines. I think it's wild that there are people in the world who can like have 
crazy shit go on and then not recognize it inside of their body because I'm like the wind has changed right. a fucking right. degree and I'm like something's right. happening <laughs> <laughs> it's um through through plant work something that I've learned that I never would have even thought about before is how much people have consciously, subconsciously, unconsciously numbed themselves, whether that's mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever it is, um, people literally aren't aware of what's happening in their bodies, on their bodies, through their bodies, next to their bodies. And it's, it's through plant sacraments that I've really come to understand. I'm like, oh, you don't feel that. You don't see that that's happening. You don't recognize this thing going on. And it takes pointing it out to people and asking them to like, be aware of this specific thing that this plant does. And let me know when you feel that because you're going to. And then they're like, oh my goodness, how have I never felt this before? I've done this so many times. And I'm like, yeah, you've, you've turned off your receptors in these areas. And now we get to find out why. I think it's interesting. And I think that this is why like the placebo effect is so <laughs> prevalent for people too, is that when you tell people like, oh, this is what you should be feeling here. I think that some people genuinely have that experience and some people go, this isn't working for me and this isn't doing anything. And then they trick themselves into right. like, oh, maybe I did feel that, you know? Right. That's why like, Generally, when I, not generally, all the time, when I serve plant sacraments, I educate people on it beforehand. It doesn't matter if you've sat with me a gazillion times or if this is your first ceremony. I share all of the effects, the range of effects that it's going to have and all of this stuff. And so I'll get people during some of my ceremonies that come up to me during and I'm looking at them and I know that they're in the medicine, but they come up to me and they're like, I don't think it's working. Or they're like, I don't think it's working. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like everything about you is telling me something different. So let me ask you a few questions to see like, if maybe you're just not aware of the medicine being there. And I'll start asking them, you know, depending on the medicine that I'm serving, like, what do you feel in this part of your body? Or what do you feel here? When you close your eyes, what do things look like? Or when I say these words, what do you feel in your heart, right? And so it's to trigger awareness in people of like, Oh yeah, I just didn't realize that that's kind of like when you don't realize you've eaten the last piece of pizza and you go to eat it and then you're like, when did I eat that piece of pizza? You ate it, you just weren't fucking aware of it. And it's the same thing with these plant sacraments I've learned. And so it's cool to help people like tune into it because yeah, like it reminds me of um, back in the day, I took a lot of ecstasy, right? Sorry, I just got a, I, I can't tell who it's from. I just got a really weird message. All it says is, I need me some you energy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Anyways, ecstasy. Uh, I was talking about, oh, <laughs> with people, with, <laughs> with people recognizing the effect that the plants are having on them. Sometimes it reminds me of ecstasy. Back in the day, I enjoyed ecstasy and there would always be one of us, right? Who every time we popped, we'd be like, do you feel it? Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Right? Like everyone waiting for it to drop, right? And sometimes I feel that way in plant sacrament ceremony. And even myself, 
I just had a, a ceremony last weekend um, with ayahuasca and the medicine didn't hit me until we served the second, after we served the second round, which is about three hours in and all of it hit me at once. And it was this reminder of like, oh yeah, that happens sometimes, right? Where like nothing happens and then everything happens all at once. And I feel like people get in this space sometimes with the plants where they're like, I don't feel anything yet. I'm not seeing crazy shit. I'm not feeling crazy shit. I'm not throwing up. I'm not shitting. I'm not doing whatever I think I'm supposed to be doing right now after I've taken this substance. And that means it's not working. And it's like, no, it's working. I promise you took it. <laughs> you say that. And I just think about the fact that like, I've been told so many times to take magnesium for my digestive system and I take magnesium and they're like, it's going to make you shit. And I'm like, listen, there is nothing on this planet that could make, like, I've had the flu. <laughs> Ayahuasca will. <laughs> uh, yeah. But then I'll be like, just turn the light on. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll be dark in the dark sitting. And that concern, whoever told you that about magnesium is taking way too much magnesium. Magnesium only makes you poop if you're taking too much of it. So send that little message to whoever keeps telling you that because they should not be using magnesium as a diuretic. Like that's not okay. <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> Dangerous actually, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that magnesium citrate. We'll, mo we'll move on from that. I drink copious amounts of water too. Still shit like a rabbit. As it should be. The more you know. That's so interesting. I wonder what that is. I mean, we don't have to get into that, but we could, but. I've legit, like, I've looked into so many different, like, holistic, like, I think it's like a real thing, right? Like gut health and like being in tune with like your body. And like, that's also, I think people who don't pay attention to that, like you get blockages, like energy blockages too, because you're holding on to things that like yeah. don't serve you and they hold your body down. And and whatnot um but i've done like i've had so many different like holistic things that i've done and, and teas that i've had and different things and I, the only thing i haven't done is an enema because i just feel weird about having a tube shoved up my butt by a stranger i think you're getting an enema confused with maybe um uh uh colon hydrotherapy that's what i'm thinking of because i've done an enema but i'm thinking of the okay. colon thing and i'm like how Do big it. is the tube oh no so for for like a colonic um like the old school colon cleanse type thing that's like a tube and they shove it in and, and so the difference is it's like a, like a colonic or there's another word for it but it pumps water in and everything gets held in there and then it sucks everything out my judgment of it is it's a very violent process um colon <laughs> colon hydrotherapy is a much gentler process the tube is really really tiny and it's not going all the way and it goes in like that much clearly i've had this done a few times um it, it doesn't go in much at all and it actually it uses gravity as opposed to uh like pressure. So it, it pumps water in for a cycle 
and then it lets everything like drain itself out and then it pumps so it goes through these cycles with it it's not a violent process some parts of it can be uncomfortable depending on where it's getting but um i i i absolutely do not like the process of colon hydrotherapy but i will get it done because it is very very beneficial so i've had it done several times and i recommend it to people as well even though I literally have a panic attack the entire time I'm sitting on the fucking table. Okay. I know I'm I mean, selling it really well to you, but. No, you, you do. I just, it's, I, I still am like, is the stranger going to insert it into my butt or like, is no. that. Yeah. With Coleman. Well, I guess I can only speak on my experience and, and the, the practitioner that I've done it with, cause I've only done it with one person. Um, but people that I've talked to have also done it. They all say the same thing with colon hydrotherapy. You're the one who's the person is literally only in the room with you to get the process started and to finish it when the machine is done. Um, and then they like, they sit there. What are the, like, you know how teachers in, in grade school would use like yardsticks and point at the, at the chalkboard. They do that with your poop and they have this like long stick and they, they swirl around it and they tell you like what's going on inside of your body based on what your body expelled. Really interesting, like a very specific line of work to get into for sure. But anyways, to answer your question, no. <laughs> okay. It sounds better now that you're saying it. Also, it, like a poop scientist is fantastic. Like that's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know when I'll get that done, but you made me feel better now that I know that it's not a fucking garden hose. Yeah, no, 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 no. Colon hydrotherapy is a very gentle system. It's also super weird for many different reasons that I won't get into. Just like the experience itself is just a really weird. You're like, oh, this is like, this is like a thing that I'm doing right now. It's like legs spread open, tube, and basically sitting on top of a huge toilet. Like it's just really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, I recommend it. And uh, juice cleansing or juice fasting or doing the master cleanse, I would also recommend for clearing yourself out. Cause yeah, if you're, if you're not having like good regular movements, then yeah, stuff is, is stuck for sure. Awesome. This is, this has been real. <laughs> it's balance, right? We talk about magic and we talk about poop. Like, why not? <laughs> no, it's like, these are the conversations that like, like weird people out, right? You're not going to be like, Hey friends. So can I tell you about like my severe constipation? Right. But I, I don't know. Everybody needs to figure it out. Some I'm people, saying, honestly, yeah. That's something know. else that ayahuasca opened me to was having these conversations. When you're sitting in a room with people that are like throwing up in buckets, burping, laughing, crying, screaming, shitting every five seconds, you just like all of that weirdness around it goes out the window. So when you're okay, so the mental image that I have of psychedelics, and I think I told you about this before, where either this had just happened or it hadn't happened quite yet before, but like I've tried taking mushrooms and for me, I, I didn't feel or experience what I had expected to. Yeah, and we for did me, talk about that. 
I just wanted to be in my bed and like not have anything go on. And so I get, and I, and I've tried it again since, and I kind of had the same thing. And so for me, like when I imagine doing like ayahuasca or something where like you're going on a journey for me, in my mind, I'm picturing that like, I'm not aware of the world around me and like my surroundings of where I am because I'm in some different land reality. And so is that actually what it is or, or are you aware of your reality, but you just have other things at play there? Yeah, both. Um, so always both. Um, and, and something that I would say, and I'll get into detail about that, but something that I would say too, that kind of, uh, shifts that experience is your level of experience with the different plants, right? So for example, um, back in the day, ayahuasca used to take me, right? And I would 80% be in the experience that I was having, whatever that experience was. A lot of people talk about like going to different planets and going to different. So I have very grounded, like personal experiences with ayahuasca. My experiences are not about like going and meeting aliens and stuff, but people have those experiences. But even with the experiences I had, I like how it used to impact me back in the day was like, yeah, like losing touch with my physical surroundings and just being in whatever the experience or the vision you know that I was having was and then getting thrown back into my body and being like oh yeah right like I'm here right now um so it definitely was like that for me in the beginning um the more that I sat with the different medicines the more that I started And a piece of me wants to say learning, but it really was more of a natural process that just started happening of like being able to be grounded in my physical reality while also being somewhere else and having that experience. Um, And, you know, there are people who have been sitting with ayahuasca longer than I have that come to our ceremonies and they're gone the entire time. You know, like they, they are not grounded in the physical. So I think it depends on, on, each person individually, their brain chemistry, their diet, um, their emotional state, their trauma, uh, what's being stored in the physical body, how they relate with and walk through life on an everyday basis. I think there's so many different factors that come into play there. Um, and so to answer your question, it's like, it's yes, both and. Um, it can very much be about experiences that are all out of body it can be about experiences that are never out of body and just about like you being here and it can be both I actually I like that you just pointed out that it depends on like the individual person on what the experience is going to be because now that you say that I don't know why I would be so nervous about it or whatnot because like I try to be really in tune with myself and I, and like face emotions that I have and things that I go through. And I want those things to be known to me so that I can turn what may be like a trauma or a weakness into a strength. And so I can see the beauty in that experience now of like why you would utilize that as a tool. And if you're going into it with the energy of like, 
scary shit's going to happen, then like, that's kind of what you're going to get kind of thing. Cause that's where you focus your energy. Right. No, actually. I really? love that. You just, yeah. I really love that. You just brought this up because, um, it's something that I get to address with people very commonly, uh, when it comes to psychedelic, psychoactive, hallucinogenic substances is that, and this was something that I was hearing, you know, as a kid, when kids were taking mushrooms and everyone would be like, but don't take them if you're in a bad place. Don't take them if yeah. you have bad thoughts. Don't take them if you're not in the right energy or the right state of mind, or if you're dealing with bad emotions. No. So this is the thing. And I have so many personal anecdotes about this as well. Something that we always tell people is like, come as you are, right? Like, and that means happy, sad, angry, depressed, suicidal, joyous, exuberant. It doesn't matter. The, what we tell people is the medicine and, and specifically my mentor, the medicine meets you where you're at. That doesn't mean that if you come in suicidal, that the medicine is gonna meet you with suicidal thoughts. That means that the medicine is going to give you exactly what it is that you need to address what needs to be addressed. So like, and, and think of it this way too, like if people were only coming and seeking out this work when they're feeling amazing and doing great, what is that actually doing for people? You know, like, like, yes, we can seek it out when we're doing amazing, we're doing wonderfully and everything, the sunshine and rainbows, and, and we don't have anything to heal from, but we just want to sit with the medicine to learn something, right? Totally fine. And also, more commonly, what I see are people who are coming because they're in their own bottom of the bucket. They are struggling. They are needing some sort of guidance, assistance, insight, healing, whatever we want to call it. And so I encourage people like, yeah, if you're feeling really, really low, step into ceremony. That does not mean that you're going to have a bad ceremony. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a dark ceremony. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a rough ceremony. It's 50-50. It could, if that's what you need, is to move through your shit in a way that is challenging and painful, then yeah, that's what you're going to experience. If you need to move through your shit in a way that is graceful and serene that's the experience you're going to have i can't tell you how many times i've stepped into ceremony fully anticipating getting an ass whooping from ayahuasca and being like man like like she's not going to be happy with some of the shit that i've been doing or i i know that i've been putting some stuff on the back burner that i need to address and i step into ceremony thinking that i'm like gonna go get punished and what I receive is like a really gentle experience or a party and then vice versa there are times when I step into ceremony ceremony thinking that I am so good and my shit doesn't stink anywhere and ceremony is going to be amazing and easy and she whoops my ass so it's like it can it can really go either way and it's not dependent on your mood or your your state of mind at the time it's fully dependent on what you need and what your intentions are and how that needs to uh, move through you in the way that is going to be the most beneficial or the most impactful or the most revelatory. What do you think about, and have you had couples who do things like this together as like their own individual experience, but to like understand themselves inside of their relationship too? Have you done that? Yeah, of course. And, and 
you know, it's it's really interesting. One of my own personal rules of thumb when it comes to um, my ceremonies is I, for the most part, uh, separate couples um, because, and especially if they don't have a lot of experience with sacraments, it can be really easy to intertwine the experience or to be attached to your partner's process and ceremony and, and your ceremony be focused on them instead of yourself, which of course is medicine in its own right and blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, um, I find it best to separate them so that they can have their own experience. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting actually. Um, couples that are committed to their own expansion and personal growth and healing and evolution and blah, 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 and are doing that work, whether it's side by side or just simultaneously, those are generally the partnerships that on one end of the spectrum, we see thrive like crazy. And on the other end of the spectrum, we see can fall apart really quickly. Um, because through their growth processes and through their healing, they start to realize that they're not for each other for whatever reasons, right? Or that the relationship was built on a false foundation, et cetera. Um, something that I think is the absolute most beneficial when it comes to couples doing this work is that it does just that, that you were asking about. It helps people to see themselves and learn themselves and understand themselves. And then they understand why they show up or don't show up in the ways that they do or don't in their relationships and what needs to shift uh, because of that. My husband and I, cause I, I, and I think I talked to you about it too, where I was like, I really want to like partake in this and like do this and be a part of it. And he was like, oh, I would want to do that too. Like, that sounds dope. Like, I would want to go with you. I would want to experience that. I would want to do it. So we had this whole conversation about like, it would be working on our own, like individual things. Because for me, I'm constantly like doing shadow work and doing like these personal growth things and like working on myself. Right. And I don't see that same work on like, my husband's end because he's not immersed in this like I am and right. so to me I think like how dope it would be to have that experience where like he goes in with the intention of like focusing on him and then to come out and be like after that experience like we still choose each other because we're on this path or is it that like now you know you're meant to fucking be with basic bitch Brittany and like I need to like go off and like rule the world you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a topic that comes up a lot because I've had I've talked to partnered people about this um both you know like two-on-one and also partners separately and I've found that there are a lot of people who fear like going to their first ayahuasca ceremony, for example, because they're like, I'm afraid that if I go do this, I'm going to realize that I'm not supposed to be with my husband anymore. Or the other side of the conversation is I'm afraid of them going and do this, doing this because what if the medicine tells them they're not supposed to be with me? And it's always interesting to have those conversations with people because I'm like, why? 
Why, why is that what's on your mind? Why is that? Because you're codependent. Right. And, and, and so it's, it's, it's really fascinating. And, and like, does that happen? Sure. But even then, you know, something that we always tell people, realizing I sound low-key culty when I say that, something we always tell people. <laughs> I always yeah. say I'm a cult leader. I always say, like, when you tell people about what you're doing, you please let them know that I'm a cult leader. You are in a cult. That's honestly, it's like the, these kinds of cults are the best kinds, right? And, but anyways, um, but we do, we always tell people like, uh, it, it, it may seem as if whatever the plant is that the, the plant teacher has given you a very direct message, right? Like last night in the ceremony, ayahuasca told me to leave my spouse. Okay why don't you sit on that for a couple of weeks and like really process your ceremony and really unwrap and unfold the entirety of your experience because maybe that's not what was happening. Maybe that's not what you were being told. Maybe those were your thoughts that were coming up, right? Your thoughts about how you've feared leaving or want to leave or think that they want you to leave, whatever it is. But we always tell people like, don't act immediately on the messages that you think you got. That's why the integration process after ceremony is so important because, you know, you could, you could really believe that, that the medicine told you to go and do something. But again, that's just part of your process. I've had people think that the medicines have told them to do some really fucked up stuff. And I'm like, that's not what's going on here. And let's really dive into this and process this and, and unwrap it. Um, but yeah, I think that couples doing this are only offering themselves both in their relationships and as individuals they're only offering themselves opportunities for deeper alignment and deeper truth whether that means together or not see and i and i guess that it all depends on like the energy like you're saying that those people have like in their relationship and what they want for themselves and like for their partner for me, I would, I would love for, if my husband wouldn't want to at his core and the deep of his subconscious want to be with me, I wouldn't want him to be there. I feel like that's unfair to do to him. And that also how limiting for me that like, I wouldn't go be able to go out and seek somebody who would value me in that way. And right. the same with my husband, I would never, just because I love him doesn't mean that I would ever want to entrap or entrap him if I felt like that wasn't right. Um, and that's like the base fundamentals of like why you're with a person. So to me, when you're talking about, you know, people being like, well, what if I find out my spouse doesn't want to be with me? Or what if I don't want to be with them? To me, I feel like that is a very like codependent thing of like, but what if I find out in this ceremony that I'm not good enough is mm. what it sounds like either way. And um, yeah, I think that we've all lived in those relationships and those like mindsets of things. And I think that it's beautiful that a ceremony that people would go through would make them face these emotions. And also- Definitely never make big life choices on crazy spiritual shit that happens because you'll be doing wild stuff, getting like a fucking download, a dream where you're like, I have to leave you because you cheated on me, you know? 
<laughs> it's true. We gotta we gotta like let things settle and, and let things move and, and get clear on them first, always. Well, I want to thank you for coming back on the Definitely. podcast. I feel like we could be going on for forever, but that's why we're going to be doing a series together. Yes. Um, what is something that you would like to say before we go that we didn't cover? Um, I think something that I've really been into lately is looking for opportunity, maybe not looking for, but really surrendering to opportunities to be wrong about things. Um, and that's been something that's come up for me a lot lately is, and, and not even just being wrong, but like stepping into spaces where I don't know something and being willing to not need to know or to not need to be right or to not need to be the expert about something in a given situation. And I've been seeking opportunities to find information about stuff that contradicts what I believe or how I've experienced it or how I've learned it. And something that's really cool about that is that it's helped me to really understand people more. Um, and, and not even in like some really big profound ways, but even just like being able to like be friends with someone who doesn't see things the same way as me because of taking the opportunity to make them right in their own life, in their own perspective, right? And so that's something that I've been really helping people to mediate in their own lives lately. It's like, hey, okay, like I know that you're right in your experience and how can we also make them right in their experience? How can we take this opportunity to not need to be on top of someone or to not need to make someone else wrong? And how can we actually learn from this experience if we allow ourselves to be wrong if we allow ourselves to not be the all-knower of, of a certain situation so I think that would be my thing is take opportunities to be wrong take opportunities to learn and take opportunities to um, surrender to perspectives that you might hate oh I like it we're gonna leave them with some some spice a little razzle dazzle <laughs> <laughs> yes well thank you again um your episode is going to i'm doing this new thing so the uh video is going to drop on patreon on friday to two of my tiers the crone and the and the um shadow queens and then it'll drop uh the video for everybody on patreon drops saturday and then the audio drops sunday to public platforms nice so um, I will let you know when um, the video drops and I will let you know as soon as the audio drops. And I just thank you so much for giving us your time and your energy today. And I can't wait to talk again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I super look forward to all of the delicious stuff that we're going to be bringing people. I'm just so excited. Me too. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Ah, uh, you as well, love. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.